Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of Bat Banter. Uh, thanks so much for coming on board. Please, if you haven't already, do not forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating and leave a review. Uh, you can do that on, your, of course, your favourite podcasting platform, be it Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Uh, you know, of course, if you haven't already, please do not forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. So it's season two, it's episode 15. It's a summer sports weekly wrap, but we're getting very close to the end of the summer sports officially. Uh, of course, with our Perth Wildcats bowing out uh, at the end of last week and the Perth glory, uh, their season will be over very soon as well. But uh, to start off, our podcast. How can we not start off with uh, one of the hottest teams in the Suncorp Super Netball, and that is the West Coast Fever. It's a pass to Ariang with the interception. That's a massive play from the Diamonds goal defence. And if they can drain this, well, that's going to be oh. the exclamation point, isn't it? Well, that's why she's in the side. Firstly, Ariang with the interception. And then it was all finished off by Sasha Glasgow. Drains a super shot, and it's eight. Okay, how could we not start with this super team? It was a nice bounce-back win for the West Coast Fever, 60-51 to in their final away game for a while. Not their final away game for the whole season, but they have started off um, pretty, I'm pretty sure they played five of their first six games away, or something very close to that. Um, they won the first three quarters by three, six, and four goals before sustaining and holding the th- uh, Thunderbirds' strong push in the fourth, and they sort of hit back with whatever they got. Um, they only shot three super shots for the whole game, but they didn't really need it because they, they shot 56 of 61 at 92%. They had three more gains and four more defensive rebounds. Janelle Fowler, she was sensational. She shot at 50 of 51, <coughs> excuse me, for the one-pointers. Uh, Courtney Bruce was brilliant yet again. She had seven deflections and four gains. And she actually has the second most amount of rebounds in the competition. She is second for intercepts, and she's first for deflections. And actually pushed back up to equal top with the Melbourne Vixens, and that was on the back of a Collingwood team who we are playing next round, and they actually beat the Melbourne Vixens, which is why we were able to go back to equal top. So yes, they play the dangerous Collingwood. Um, so that was a great win by the Pies on the weekend. But uh, the good thing for the West Coast Fever is that they go back to play at H, uh, sorry, RAC Arena. So very exciting that they get to play in front of the Green Army. Uh, and that's what we want to do. We want to pack that, pack it out. Now that all the restrictions are done, they're lifted, uh, we want to see 100% capacity at uh, RAC Arena. Uh, and maybe we're not going to get the numbers that we see at Perth Wildcats games. But, you know, I'd hope that we can get get in that 7,000 to 10,000 mark. You know, pack it out, ladies and gentlemen. Let's uh, let's look at this team that's doing so well. They're equal top, and uh, they are just going along absolutely lovely and pretty, and it's been a superb start to the season for them. So West Coast Fever rolling along nicely, just taking care of business, doing exactly what they need to do. And it is going to be a tough challenge going up against this Collingwood team, but uh, I think they're up for it. And you know what we say at uh, Bat Banter. West Coast Fever on the weekend. It's over to you. Stowers. Stowers giving it to Ralston. And Ralston will score the first try. Runs it to the line, almost intercepted. And it is play on. And Brocky gets it down to McGregor. Right, Jack McGregor. Uh, just a, a quick bit of offside. 
I guess, off-field news, but personnel news. Carl Godwin, unfortunately, he's going to leave the club at the end of the season, and he's heading to French club Lyon. Uh, you know, they played the, the Super Rugby champions and uh, the Blues, who have reeled off eight wins on the trot to start the season. And they lost 18-22, to yet another close game. They conceded three tries to one and 22-8 to in the first half, only to storm home and win the second half 10-0 to push this strong team all the way. So, yes, a loss, and, you know, we don't like losing. We want to win as many games as we possibly can, but we've got to put it into context. Like, this team is a very, very good team, and they push them all the way. Uh, it really just came down to sort of conversions um, from your goal. So after you score a try, conversions. Uh, you know, the Blues, they were two of three uh, for their three tries, and they converted two of them. But uh, unfortunately, the Western Force, they converted none of them. So zero from three for conversion goals. And that cost them during the evening. They had 82 more runs and carries across the game, and they won 63 ruck, ruck contests, and uh, they were plus five in lineouts. One. Also, they dominated the possession game. They had 62% of the possession to 38 uh, for the Blues. In the second half in particular, they dominated the ball 74% to 26%. But they just couldn't strike the final blow at the death. They attacked the Blues line for 26 consecutive phases right at the end of the game, but just couldn't find either a winning penalty or a winning try. Um, They've... They've been almost, they've been an almost team all season. Five of their seven losses have been by six points or less. And three of those seven losses have been by four points or less. So, you know, it, it came, for a lot of the time, it actually came down to they started so poorly. Like, you know, they were down by 20 points, 20 minutes into the game, or along the lines of that for a number of their losses. This time, though, I think they were up 8-0. But in the end, the first half, they still conceded quite a bit. And, you know, as we saw, they conceded three tries to one. And now are down 22 to eight in the second half. So they're great at coming back, but you don't want to be coming back all the time. But unfortunately, that's sort of been their season. Um, they're clinging onto eighth spot ahead of a match versus third placed. And I guess the gold standard of Super Rugby in the Crusaders. So it's yet another tough challenge, which is ahead for them. But, uh, you know... They took it up to a great team, a team that's won eight games on the trot, and they're the reigning champions. So, well done, Glory. Lots of positives to come out of that game, and we'll see how they go up against the Crusaders uh, ahead of this week. So, you know what we say about banter? Western Force, over to you! All right, Perth Glory fans. Yes, I know, a couple more games to go, and then your miserable and horrible season is over. Um, They went 15 games without a win on the back of the 2-0 loss to Adelaide, which secured the club's first ever wooden spoon. So uh, nothing to uh, be excited about there, unfortunately. Josh Rowlands, he was and is being transferred for $400,000 to a Belgian club at the end of the season. So a nice little profit um, for a young player that's going on to bigger and better things. Uh, It was the first time this season in the upcoming game that they played against the Western Sydney Wanderers that both... Not both, all. All of Andy Keogh, Daniel Sturridge, and Bruno Fallaroli played on the one pitch, and it was in Andy Keogh's final game. 
or at least we think it's his final game. Uh, we know that he has retired, but whether that was his final game or not, unsure. Um, you know what? They had a gutsy one-all draw against Western Sydney, Western Sydney Wanderers. So the streak continues. They still haven't won, but uh, they stopped a big string of losses. There was an 18-minute strike from the returning Bruno. So uh, they were 1-0 up. But unfortunately, that was cancelled out by 78-minute equaliser from Kajiro Ogawa. And there also was a disallowed goal to an offside call early on in the game from the glory. Um, those attacks did have, that. those attacks that they did and were putting on, they had a heavy influence from Daniel Sturridge in the first half. And he did make an impact in the first 45 minutes, which is a nice little positive about Daniel because we haven't had too many positives about him this season. And whether he comes back or not, who knows? Um, of course, he was subbed out. Um, the draw, it was really a steal of a result, to be honest, because they only had 25% of the possession, and they only had 18% of it in the first half, so 1-8. So realistically, the goal they did get, it was very much against the grain and against the play. Um, they had 9-25 to 25 goal attempts, 3-14 to 14 shots on goal, and 11-29 to 29 throw-ins. They had 96 less attacks and 82 less dangerous attacks, and just to add to the fact of how we were very much outplayed but managed to snag a draw, um, they were 3-33 to 33 cro uh, crosses um, conceded. Well, not conceded, but we only generated three crosses. And uh, Western Sydney Wanderers, they generated 33. So just well and truly outplayed in the game. And uh, it was great they were able to get a draw. So that's a positive. A draw is a positive for us, ladies and gentlemen. The last game of the season... Uh, is against Melbourne City at HBF Park on Wednesday. So if you can, uh, you know, muster up that strength, bring out, get as many people as we can at the shed, and uh, let's see if we can get the purple, um, you know, the purple colours, uh, nice, big, and bold at HBF Park. And uh, let's hope we can send them off with a win. But, uh, you know, as we say at Bad Banter, Perth Glory, it's over to you. <laughs> Listen to the hiss, listen to the growl, Perth Wildcats are on the prowl. Can you feel the heat? Listen to their feet, tearing up the cotton, building up the heat. Here we come, oh no, here we come, oh no, here we come, yeah, Perth Wildcats are on the prowl. Okay, so no more prowling for the foreseeable future because, of course, they're done. They're done for the season. The final streak is over. And I did give them quite a decent bat blast last week. But, you know, I was caught in the moment. I guess it was still a fair bat blast, for sure. I don't take it back at all. But I think after having a couple of days or a week to think about it, you got to put it into context. And there was a really interesting article that uh, Craig Hutchison, uh, who's one of the owners of the, uh, well, one of the new owners of the Perth Wildcats, uh, he came out and, you know, gave, gave some interesting points. And I had a bit of a think about as well. And I guess for me, um, you know, you miss the playoffs with a 16-12 record, which is brutal. And 16 wins in a 28-game season. You haven't missed the playoffs since 1990. And... A team with 16 wins, 50% of their matches and missing the playoff, it just hasn't happened since 1990. Uh, you know, having a top four in a 10-team competition does make it harder to play finals. You have to go back to 1982 for the league's final system to include less than 40% of the competing teams. Yeah, of course the streak is over. 
But since the streak began, the club had 11 seasons where they finished with less than this year's 57% record, but still made the finals. And that included the 2003 and 2004 season, where the NBL had a top eight, despite being a 12-team competition, and the Wildcats, Wildcats finished seventh with a 15-18 record. They also played finals in the next two seasons after finishing seventh in an 11-team competition. I mean, like the competition, it just has never been tougher. And realistically, you know, that they did so much. Injuries have been so cruel. Um, you know, you had Mitch Norton sidelined for 10 games. Michael Frazier, he was out for nine. Matt Hodgson missed 10 games. Blanchfield Mitch five, missed five. Kevin White missed four. Victor Law missed two. And Luke Travers, he only missed one. Of course, their recruiting errors, you know, that was... Uh, Pretty, pretty obvious and plain to see, and we've covered that so much. Uh, you know, Morrison himself, he attracted plenty of cricket critics and struggled with the public scrutiny in the back half of the season, but he worked crazy hours from overseas via Zoom for two months, arriving in Australia just weeks before round one. Um, he was stuck in state for nine weeks while his wife and young children were in WA, and he had to put up with the raft of injuries that we've already gone, gone through, but still won 16 games. Like, it would take a tough master to suggest that he didn't do his job. And I guess on that as well, I mean, like, we have to put it into context, ladies and gentlemen. Like, a streak like that is not going to go on forever. You've got 35 years of finals. Be thankful that that happened. There are some teams in the league where they don't play finals for long periods of time. You know, we're so fortunate here in WA and have such an amazing, uh, you know, organization uh, that, that sort of comes into it and is just so successful over a prolonged period of time it just does not happen and it really just came down to sort of the personnel that they had um playing 14 straight away games despite the fact that they finished nine and five for those 14 away games which is just incredible and realistically that uh, they faltered in their home games um and and you know yes that the way that they finished was not great but in saying that though you're you're losing you're losing a final streak going down to a top four team in such a tight contest in the Illawarra Hawks game. Like, that was just a great game of basketball, and they lost to a hot team, like a really, really good team. And they lost to Southeast Melbourne Phoenix in overtime by two points. Um, and they had their opportunities, but the ball just didn't drop. So it didn't fall their way. It wasn't meant to be, and that's okay. The sun rose the next day, and life goes on. So I think I just, it was just important for me to come back on because I did give them a bat blast and it was deserved, as I said right at the start of this little chat, but it was important to put into context too that you know we're so lucky, we're so successful and we look forward to them coming back bigger and better. And I guess the one thing that I, was, that I want to finish off with is I'm really quite most impressed with the coach, uh, Scott Morrison, in his last press conference, he came out really hard not hard, just more so to say that he thanked the fans, he thanked all the players and their families and that he was remorseful and he took his responsibility and ownership of it. And then not only that, but you had Craig Hutchison, who is, you know, the face of, of the uh, of the ownership group. He came out and did numerous interviews, both for, um, you know, 10 News and I think a couple other news outlets and also gave interviews and information to uh, the West Australian and uh, the Dribble podcast, which is uh, run by Craig O'Donoghue, who's the main basketball uh, editor and writer for the West Australian. 
um, Danny Mills, who's the manager of basketball operations, he did a 30-minute podcast um, answering all the questions that you could possibly ask. So the Perth Wildcats, their whole organization, they didn't go underground. They didn't say, well, no, that's fine. The season's done. Um, we're just going to wait till it all blows over. They came out. They took the criticism. They took it on board. They gave their reasons as to why you know it all didn't work out the way that it should. And now, now they've got a chance to fix it. So I think we have to give them credit there. They didn't shy away from it. Um, they stood up. They took the criticism, and they gave some reasons why. Um, and there were probably some fair reasons with injuries, travel schedule. Um, you coach really only getting into the country um, when you're starting pre-season competition, um, let alone two months before when the preseason is actually happening. There were a whole stack of mitigating circumstances. So I think it was important to put it into context. And you know, I wanted to just come out and um, certainly not shy away from what I said because at the time it was correct. But um, I think we want to put a bit of context into it as well. So we're done for the Cats. No more. Uh, fingers crossed that Bryce Cotton is close to resigning because he actually is out of contract. Um, so it's going to be a very different list next year. But we look forward to Bryce Cotton hopefully having many more games in the red and the black. And we'll see the Perth Wildcats next season. Okay, we're done, we're dusted, that's it, all over, um, you know, Season 2, Episode 15, the Summer Sports Weekly Wrap. We're probably going to be changing the name, I think, very soon as well, just some just from some feedback that we've gotten, um, you know, just to make it a little bit more appealing. But uh, if you haven't already, please do not forget to like, subscribe, leave a rating, and leave a review on your favourite podcasting platform, be it Spotify or Apple Podcasts. Of course, you can like us on Facebook, and you can follow us on Instagram. And whether you're listening in the morning, the afternoon, or the evening, it's been an absolute privilege to have you on board. Thank you so much, and we look forward to touching base with you with you and all of our WA teams on the domestic sporting scene next week.